Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You are now listening to the hottest true crime podcast in the streets. Yes, yes, yes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. Oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Yeah, man, I'm the mailman, can't you tell, man? Gonna post What up? Come on, stops, friend. What is going on, man? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good, man. This is a late night recording, so I'm a little bit tired, but it is. We had to I'm do fighting it. I'm here. Tomorrow's Friday for uh, and by Friday I mean tomorrow's Sunday. But Sierra's family is having a fry fest, mm-hmm. and so I will be gone. I will be out of commission for all of tomorrow, risk, risking my cholesterol for the purpose of having all kind of deep fried uh, snacks. Yeah, with family time and and whatnot. So we needed to get in here and get this done tonight. And I appreciate yeah. you uh, being flexible for me. On that one. Uh, other than that, uh, how you feeling, man? I know it's late. I'm gonna try to get this get this knocked out. Yeah, get you up out of here so you can get your Z's. Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm here. Got my nice little cup of crushed uh, ice water. Yeah, I assumed you when you walked into the house, you came in with your own plastic cup. I thought you had yeah. like scissor with you or something. No, no, no. I just can't find my water bottle, oh, so okay. I just that was the only substitute I had. So I just I'm drinking promethazine. <laughs> no, I had to drive here. Okay. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good, man. Um. Like I said, I'm trying to get you out of here. So enough small talk. Yeah. I'm doing good. Everybody's doing good here. Let's get into first of all, I wanted to um read some things that we got some uh some nice mail because of uh the Adrian Jones story I did last week. So I just wanted to I got a lot of stuff I wanted to read, so I'm gonna uh breeze through it really quick. Um, you know, I like to get whenever we do stories about certain professions, I like to get information from people who do those things, right? Yeah. So we got a message from somebody named McKenzie on Instagram, and I wanted to read it just to clear things up with the listeners as because it cleared things up with me as well. And some questions that you asked while I was doing my Adrian Jones story last week. Okay. So the message is, Hey guys, I'm a therapist and not a social worker, but I've worked very closely with children or with child protective services in Indiana and Kentucky. The system is truly fucked. I saw kids who needed to be removed and it seemed like no amount of reports could accomplish that. And then other kids who were removed, uh, and attached an attachment disrupted some kind of term. I don't know what that means. Uh, simply because someone didn't like the parent. Regulations vary from state to state, but a lot depends on the judge who typically has to sign off on any removal. Some judges are quick to do that, while others are all about keeping kids with their biological parents, no matter what. Okay. There were a lot of times CPS workers wanted to remove a child, 
but were blocked by a judge. But also times they didn't even try, though. As far as money, typically a parent wouldn't receive money, but a foster home or residential facility would. Medicaid will typically pay for any kind of treatments needed for PTSD or things like that. There is also a type of leveling system for children. So a child with behavioral and emotional issues would be a higher level and therefore the foster parent would get more money. So you take on the more problem, quote unquote, children, you get more money, but then you got to deal with those issues as well. Mm. But some people out there in my, from what Mackenzie is telling me, it happens sometimes as well. It's like, it doesn't really matter if if it's more work to do or not, because they're not going to do the work anyway. They're just stuffing kids in their house to get more money. Yeah. So give me all the worst kids. I'll take more money and then just give them the bare minimum. Yeah. Uh, ideally this would be to support the children's needs in various ways. If a child has medical therapy appointments, such like, and, uh, um, multiple times per week and things like that. Uh, there are definitely foster parents that capitalize on that though. Ultimately, I think CPS workers get burned out. Uh, they're too overworked and can't do everything expected of them. So some check out lie about visits, etc. Burnout is real, but it isn't an excuse. They need to stop doing that job when, th- when that happens. I spent years doing therapy with primarily childhood uh, sexual abuse cases. And when I realized I was completely uh, desensitized to the truly heinous stories I was hearing, I decided it was time for me to find a different career path. Mm -hmm. I now work for Medicaid and still using my clinical skills to help people while being a little more removed and behind the scenes. This can definitely be a plug for police reform slash defunding. Social services needs more money. And this is an area where more funding is needed. Imagine the impact if these social workers weren't so overworked and stretched thin. Imagine if they were paid well for a regular workload, seasoned experience, well-trained people uh, would stick around longer and be able to truly help these children. Thank you for covering this. It's so sad and terrible, but a very important and necessary conversation. I'm writing from Louisville, and thank you for talking about Breonna Taylor. This community is hurting, and uh, LMPD is completely out of control. We need so much reform. I am angry and sad, but I can't imagine what people of color in the city are going through. Thank you for keeping attention on us. Only public pressure will make the system change. Thanks for the good work. And I don't. For, thank you for those words. I, yes. we're just you know we don't specialize in anything. We nope. just we're just having conversations, and um, you know we will continue to have those conversations. And uh, thank you for the uh, message, Mackenzie. We appreciate you. Now, uh, off of that, really quick, I wanted to read. Another message from somebody about these goddamn graveyard conspiracies. Okay. More of your fans, which we will get into. Uh, also, some, some breaking news came on that end, and I wanted that's we'll move on after I read this and get to that. Okay. This is a message from a guy named Steven. Shout out to you, Shout oh, out sorry. Steve. I'm sorry. Kevin. Shout out to Kevin. Yeah, he's like three names. <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Kevin. Steve Kevin, something? It's like Robert, Kevin. You know who you are. I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna call you Kevin. <laughs> He says, hi, guys. Heard your promo on MFM. <laughs> I bet you did, Robert. Yeah. Kevin, I don't know. Uh, heard, <laughs> your, heard your promo on MFM and had to check out the pod. Listen to the most recent 10 or so and working my way backwards. I dig it. And this is actually the first email I've written in any of, my, of the many pods I keep up with. Okay. Shout out to you, yeah. Steven. I have lots of t- uh, time to listen as I'm a rural letter, letter carrier around the tip of Lake Superior. All right. Our office is really shorthanded, and I've been work. Same here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought you'd relate. That's why I wanted to read yeah. this. And I've been working six or more days a week for months. Same here. Don't know if Fran's office has rural 
rural routes. Yes, we have wow. three. You yep. know what? Hold on. Rural. R- Robert, that was a fucking... You tried to play me just now, man. You didn't <laughs> have to put those two words next to each other, but I will continue. I don't know if Fran's office has rural routes. Rural. 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 I don't know if Fran's office has rural routes, <laughs> but I have, the, I have the insane job of driving my personal vehicle from the passenger seat, sometimes more than 100 miles in a day. Excuse me? Yeah, I don't really know what that means. Does he have a European vehicle? I know the mail trucks drive on the passenger well, side. Well, they do have, in Virginia, they do have some people that have uh, regular cars that's on the opposite side. I have seen that. Oh, okay. Maybe that's that. what he means. Yeah. I don't really know. But he drives his own personal vehicle, apparently, more than 100 miles in a day sometimes. Shout out to him. Uh, don't want to take up too much of your time, but the reason I'm writing is that I have an article that Fran needs to see. Mm-hmm. Although I agree with Alvin about, thank you, thank you, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead and stop the email over there. He agrees with me. And, what do you mean? Thank you, Kevin. Can you finish? Although I agree with Alvin about most graves containing bodies, mm-hmm. Fran's idea of rental graves reminded me of a crazy and current story out of Greece. Uh, I believe I first heard about it on this is on this American Life, but that very thing is happening there. I'll let you read the article for yourself. If the link is broken, just search "Why are Greeks exhuming their parents?" Mm. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Kevin B. That's another word. So now he's Kevin B. as well. So we're, that's what he wants to be called when we call him that. Kevin B., thanks to you. Uh, I'll send you that article. You can read yes, that on your I own time, friend. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, apparently you're another one of your theories is correct. And now, speaking of Fran's fans, I want to give a shout out to a, 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 a new listener, I believe, named Lindsay. She joined the Facebook group and she brought to our attention something I had never thought of to call people who are obsessed with you, defend you, mm-hmm. make fun of me, call me names, you know, look down upon me and all these things. And she came up with the term frenatics. Mm. So I want to give her a nice. round of applause. I mean, I've never thought of that. It's great wordplay. Yeah. Very clever, Lindsay. And uh, immediately, the, the 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 Facebook group was set ablaze. People were, oh, I love it. Oh, my God. Put it on a shirt. Da-da-da-da-da. I love it. Oh, I'm obsessed <laughs> with it. And we got an email later we on did. that night from a woman named Amber. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Amber says, let me get this pulled up. Amber says, uh, oh, the subject is, I'm not letting this go, so you might as well just do it. Mm. The message is, my name is not Karen, but I can turn into her real quick. Mm. I want to speak to a manager. Looking at you, Alvin. (laughs) Frenatic has to be a shirt, a mug, a frisbee, Mm -hmm. a tennis ball Mm -hmm. for dogs. Mm -hmm. Some chapstick wouldn't be, uh, some chapstick would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. You are both amazing, so I'm sure you'll figure figure it out. Also, if you could have that done by Monday, that would be great. Mm, Okay, thanks, bye. Amber... We're working on I some like things. It. I like it. I don't need, I don't, I don't need chapstick. But if that's, I don't know where to procure that. Yeah. But we'll look into it. You know. Sometimes yeah, that Karen energy gets you where you need to be, and you, you know, we're, we're listening. You need to get on that. Yeah, I need to get on. Yeah, I'll get right on that. I'll find out where to get custom made chapstick sticks. Shout out to my fanatics. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at what you people have done. Let's. I love it. Let's just keep. We're I gonna. Love it. We're, I'm sure you do. We're gonna go. Um, go ahead and keep this pushing, though, friend. We got some new. We got some more celebrating to do. We do. Oh yeah. How man. many more now? Um, I don't know spe- the uh, specific amount, but I know where I'm gonna start from as far as the celebrations go. Okay. Okay. First of all, I want to say we uh, every Patreon person person who joins Patreon, we appreciate you tremendously. Thank you for the support, and uh, you know it, it means more than you could ever really know. Okay. Okay. 
it's celebration time. I know. You heard that. You heard his voice. Okay, we're going to get this started off with right. Jody P. Shout out to you, Jody P. We appreciate you, man. Uh, ma'am, what? ma'am, oh, ma'am. Okay. We appreciate you, ma'am. Thank you very much. Jo- you know what? It's a fox, so Jody is a boy's or girl's name. Wait. We saw this in Baby Boy. We must got two jo- Jodys then. Um, it's a common name, I'm sure. You know, right. is some it? Jodys out there. Right. Some Jodys out there. Shout out to Katie M. We appreciate you. Thank Katie you, Katie M. Nakisha. Okay. Nakisha. Yeah, Katie N. N. I'm sorry. N is in okay. Nancy. All right. And we don't have a Nancy as far as I know. Uh, Nakisha A. Shout out to you, Nakisha. We appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, Erica D. We fucking with you. Erica D. Lindsay P. Shout out to you. Tish B. Fucking with you. Lori oh, H. Such, such fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay P. Tish B. Fuck you. No. Trish B, we fucking with you. Lori H, you know what it is. Shout out to you. Uh, Krista F, what up? Laura A, oh, I almost called her, so I almost said her last name. <laughs> Laura Y, fucking with you. Uh, oh, oh, Marisol, fucking with you for sure. That's a dope name. That's a super dope name, and yeah. she didn't even put an initial or anything. So she goes by Marisol, like Madonna, like yeah. Prince. Just call me Marisol. <laughs> Fucking with it. Yeah. Francesca T. Okay. Love it. Fucking with you. Close to Fran. Yep. Matter of fact, I was going over the list earlier today, and and, and Sierra went, did Fran join the Patreon? <laughs> I said, no, It's a, there's more There's more name. There's more name there. Because it only said Fran and a C. Oh, okay. So, so I was like, no, there's more name there. It's not Fran. Uh, and then finally, we got Lanisa F. Shout out to you. Thank you to all those people I just named. Yeah. We appreciate you. Um, you know, there's more content coming this week. Um, uh, we got a new Fran on film coming out this week. We got new Serial and Serial coming out this week. Yeah. Um, we uh, So everybody who hasn't joined the Patreon, get on over there if you're looking for some more content. If you haven't heard, gotten enough of us, if you haven't seen our WAP video, which is tremendous. I mean, the Oscar buzz is swarming around that. It's been yeah. a very slow year for movies, so... Somehow we made, you know, contention for that. So um, we're, we're in the running for um, Oscar for Best Cinematography on that one. So, yeah. you know, go ahead. Check, and out, check out the Frano film. Um, it's a totally different personality on Frano film. Yes, it's, it's, it's not it's this person, person here now. Not, he, he's not this person. No, definitely not. Yeah. Um, people have been getting their stickers. Yes. I don't know if you want to bring that up. Yes. Um, uh, well, yes. Um, they are getting those stickers. Yeah. And, I, and if, if, you, if, you do, if you haven't gotten them, let us know. Maybe there's a problem with the address or something and um, we can get it figured out but i believe yeah. i've sent out all the ones that were going on through the promotion yeah so if you haven't gotten one uh yet let me know and um, we'll see what we can do uh friend before we go to break uh oh also while we're plugging things uh new mugs out people blind the the, the mugs are flying off the shelves like yeah. hotcakes uh i know what i said i was there when i said it yep. they're flying off the shelves you know they're they will they're available for you know as long as people want them but I did do the um, initial campaign for seven days so that when the campaign ends, the mugs ship. When is the last day? <laughs> the 6th of October. Okay, I got to hurry and grab mine then. Yeah, I mean, you don't, again, you don't have to hurry up and grab anything. Yeah. It's be, it'll be available for whenever. But if you do get it in by then, it'll ship out yeah. once the campaign ends. And then you'll get it by the end ASAP. of the month. Yeah, you you'll get those by the end of the month. Yes. So if you're looking for one of those, get those, you know, whenever. And we got some new merch coming as far as apparel. Yep. I'll be putting up some pictures of that uh, during the week just to get people excited. And I'll be dropping that sometime this week as well yep Fran. before we take a break though um we got some oh, we got some unfortunate news this nation is reeling right now and i just wanted to just touch on it before we go to break mm-hmm. um our commander-in-chief uh donald john trump uh has apparently come down with through no fault of his own just you know happenstance we all know how careful he was being um he has contracted COVID 19 the coronavirus, the, the, the COVID plague, mm-hmm. um, some other words that he's called it. I'm not going to call on this platform, but um, we just wanted to um, 
send our condolences and say that you from should, you and say that you should never wish ill upon <clears throat> people because yeah. that's wrong and um you know uh, uh, prayers to him and Kellyanne Conway and, and his wife and um others and he is in my thoughts okay. as well as friends oh no, and not. um right. you know uh it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what he said about it uh it virtually affected nobody you know and you know i hope that he takes all the bleach that he needs and all the chloroquine that he needs to 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 get back out on the campaign trail <laughs> and um and <laughs> And blessings to him. I would never, sure. uh, I would never uh, revel in somebody's misery or unfortunate time. So I, you know, uh, uh, prayers to that man. Uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into some fucked up shit. There's no music. We will have a moment of silence. <laughs> no, we're not. We're gonna play music right now. Music should be playing right now. This is just a coincidence. This was the last song that was queued up. No, it was not. It, uh, what we're gonna do is we're gonna uh, take a quick break, and we this we're, we are this playing this music, but in in mourning, in som- in somberness, and we hope him. We wish him the best. Frank at the ice cream cake. Oh, we li- Oh shit. Uh, oh, we still we re- record, oh man. shit. Oh damn. Um, don't. There's no cake. We'll be right back. And we are back, friend. It is my turn to go first this week. But before I jump into things, we had a little, you know, we had a little shenanigans before we went to break there. I wanted to talk to you pretty seriously, though, about what's going on in the White House and all that kind of um, thing. N- nonsense. It, I, I don't know. Is it nonsense? You let, let me know. friend. We, you know, we gonna, let's 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 uh, dive into this for a minute or two. What do you think is going on? Oh, man. What do you think is going on? It's all a lie, man. You think that? Yeah. It's a lie. I'm on the fence. I don't really know, man. Because I don't. What's the point? What's the what's the game? Why lie? Not to debate. It will make him look foolish. To he looked foolish like a week ago. Whatever. Sure, that. but I, but the cleanup. I don't know if the cleanup is contract fake contracted disease. I've been caught, I've been downplaying this whole time. You know, sympathy, possibly. Yes, I, I don't know. For votes, sympathy for bad, votes for bad form. Score to get more votes. I'm sure that I'm sure. I guess that it helped work sure on helped. somebody. I'm, I'm sure it helped. It didn't hurt him for work sure. Work on somebody. Yeah. You don't think it hurt him to to contract the disease that he's been downplaying this whole time and nah. saying it's virtually it doesn't affect anybody and you know uh, bleaching your arm and all these things like that. You no. don't think that catching it hurt him? No. You know something, man? Not a bit. All the things that he said, honestly. Now that I'm talking, about, now that I'm talking, and I'm like, he said he's he grabbed women by the pussies. Yeah. He's accused of like a. 15 different sexual assault allegations. Um, 
just last week we found out he pays seven hundred and fifty dollars in, 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 in federal taxes. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess getting sicky poo. How really, much is he worth? Like what? Oh, that that's up for debate as well because he inflate he inflates his wealth. He's been inflating his wealth for years. Jesus so we don't really know how much. According to him, I think he's like eight. I think it's like eight billion. Uh, that's what he said. I don't think that's true. But yeah, I don't. I guess getting sickies won't really uh push him over the line. He, he's he's Teflon Don, man. Man, uh, he's the most that. protected. I've, I've accepted that long ago. He's the most protected man in the country. It's just not. Yeah, he's surrounded. He as, he'll be fine if he has it. He'll be he'll be completely fine. I think. Yeah, I think that. I think that he. I think that. I think that he has it, but he didn't plan on people finding out that he has it. Yeah. I think that was an accident. Why? Because his wife. wife well, no, it's people lower than that. Like oh, that people, the other like picks. seven people that caught it. Yeah, so, hugging. It was yeah. a guy like double hugging people. Oh, it was, was crazy. Like, it was oh crazy. They God. were going off. They were going off. They saw the cameras there and they were like, man, this shit's a hoax. You see what it is? Gang, gang, arms around each other. They were doing uh, blood handshakes on the White House lawn. It was nuts, man. And then everybody got sick. COVID came through, man, like like the like the plague, man, and, and fucked everybody up. Then Kellyanne Conway's yeah. daughter got on TikTok and blew her spot up. So then Kellyanne Conway had to come out and say she got it, too. Yeah, man, look, cra- this is a crazy you can, you can have days. it, not have any symptoms. You going around oh, it takes one talking, yeah. spitting in everybody's face. Yeah, I, want, I mean, look, I'll tell again, I'll tell people out there I, I had it and um, it didn't really get bad for me until like day three. So, you know, I know she got real, huh? Yo, real quick, real quick. You know, mm. first you're like, um, my chest is I have a cough. And then it's like, bam, 28 hours in bed. Yeah. You know, no eating, mm. nothing, you know, so. um. Yeah, man, I don't know. I, I, the irony is too it's too juicy for me to not to find humor in this whole thing. You know, um, again, I you know I, I you know I know Michelle Obama told us to take the high road, but really, you know, we we've made our stance clear on how we feel about that dude. So um, it it would be false of me to pretend like I have sympathy or my, yeah. I'm wishing him well or anything like that. You know, um, I hope that he doesn't die for the sake of like what I think that could do to the country right now. But I think there's going to be issues in the country when the election happens regardless. So it, I don't really see much difference happening. Yeah. Whether he dies or loses, I think the effect is probably pretty close to the same. So What is that? Chaos from his uh, support base. And, mm. you know, so, yeah. um, but I don't know. You know, it is what it is in his, in his immortal words. Um, my affirmative murder this week, we're going to get out of that. My affirmative murder this week, friend, is the story of Alicia and Jeremy Warrior. Okay. okay. Cool name. Last name. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I enjoy their last name as well, even though they're that team, booty. Anyway, <laughs> uh, my source is oxygen.com. Okay. And I will begin. <clears throat> so Alicia and, Alicia and Jeremy met in the early 2000s in Kansas City, Missouri. Within a year of meeting, the two were wed. But after settling into married life, Jeremy began working more shifts at his job to keep up with their monetary obligations. Alicia, who was left home alone while Jeremy was at work, found herself out at clubs and partying in an attempt to feel less alone. Okay. Alicia eventually met thirty-one-year-old a thirty-one-year-old named Daryl Rogers at a local club. His street hustler swagger instantly attracted her to him. All right. I, yeah, I wrote that myself. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know any other way to be like he's a drug dealer, and she thought and she fucked with his style. Yeah. Whatever you know. Thought that was a quick way to sum it up. His street hustler swagger instantly attracted her to him, leading to a sexual encounter. Mm. Realizing that it wasn't just a one night stand, Daryl Rogers and Alicia Warrior continued to meet up with each other behind uh, her husband's back. Mm. 
One morning at 5.30 a.m., Alicia Warrior and her husband Jeremy Warrior were shot while driving in her Nissan Altima. Mm. An eyewitness who happened to be outside during the shooting stated that a man came out of an SUV in front of the Nissan Altima, walked up to the Warrior's car, and shot inside the vehicle. Damn. The man also saw the shooter get back into the SUV's passenger side and speed off. Well, I feel like this guy just like walked. He just the whole thing. He just walked. Oh, like on some on some John Wick shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I might have been. I don't know. If I clap two people, it's definitely some sense of urgency. But I'm not. I'm. I don't have street hustler swagger. So, you know. Uh, Jeremy Warrior was killed as a result of his gunshot wounds. Mm. Alicia survived the attack, but due to a bullet hitting her spinal cord, she became paralyzed from the waist down. Just mm. kill me. No man, don't say that. That's I'm not sorry. Me. Yeah, that, that, don't don't say that. <laughs> Why not? Because, man, that's ableist and people, people who become paralyzed, they don't need to hear like, oh, your life is over now. Like, there's plenty of people who can't walk. So well, but this is talking, I'm talking about me. Okay, well, fine. Kill you. But I'm just I, not, we're not, you know, if you, if you lose your legs, you still have something to live for. That's I get that. Point. But I'm saying for you me, personally, personally, you wouldn't want to live. This is my thoughts. I don't. You got kids, though. I have way less to live for than you. Yeah. But I would, I would not want to not be alive if I couldn't walk. They got kids? No. Okay, then I'm talking about not having kids. If you don't have kids? I don't have kids. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Speaking for yourself. Yeah. That's what you... Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> police were hoping to get details of the attack from Alicia at the hospital. When asked who would want to kill Jeremy Warriors, Alicia mentioned his ex-girlfriend, who had been in an altercation with Jeremy years prior, which involved a gun. Jeremy, according to some sources had been charged for shooting his ex-girlfriend in the foot during an altercation and had served six years behind bars. When police confronted Jeremy's ex-girlfriend, however, she maintained that she was home in bed at the time of the shooting. Mm. Nice Tory Lanez shit going on. Right? Yeah, yeah, very very Tory Lanez-ish. Also, man, just a quick sidebar. I don't give a shit what kind of altercation you get into with a woman. And not this might be sexist, but I'm trying to be def- in defense of women. I don't care how much a woman is putting their hands on you. If you shoot a woman, I don't care where, you are a clown and nobody should ever fuck with you ever again. No dude should have any excuse. Man, she you she hit him upside the head. And so he shot her? That's his def- in defense of that? He shot her? That's crazy, man. So I will continue. But that whole mm-hmm. Tory Lanez thing is just, is just wild and insane. And I've seen people being like... Man, I don't know. Tori came out on that on that album and was rapping some stuff, and Megan might have some explaining to do. You know, it's like explaining to do is about what? Like they got into a domestic altercation, so he shot her. Yeah, I don't know where the justification is, man. I don't I, know the full story, so I don't know. Oh, can't really speak on that. I mean, you brought it up. I just know the part that he shot her in the foot. I don't know the whole context of the whole situation. I don't know. Sure. You know, but again, like you said, you shouldn't shoot a woman. I just, think that, I just think that's hilarious that that's even has to be said in 2020. Yeah. I think that the headlines of 2020 have been insane. Anyway, uh, eventually, uh, eventually, Alicia described the attackers as two Hispanic males. According to Alicia, the night of the shooting, she had returned home from a party at around 3 a.m., which is around the same time that Jeremy wakes up for work. The two got into an argument about Alicia's partying. The argument ended after some makeup sex in the shower. Okay. Jeremy typically drives himself to work but his car had a headlight out, so Alicia offered to drive him. They got about half a mile from home when two Hispanic men pulled up in front of them and slammed on the brakes. After approaching Jeremy on the passenger side, Alicia stated that he may have rolled down the window and had some words with the gentleman. Not long into the convo, they opened fire into the car. 
She said she believed the two men resembled a pair of men that they saw and they got into an argument with at a parking lot a week prior. Damn. Apparently the men said that they liked the rims on their car. So she insinuated that maybe they came back for those rims. Detectives were skeptical because there was no attempt to take the rims from the car. Yeah. And Alicia's purse was still in the car when police arrived uh, at the scene of the shooting. But after Jeremy's uncle spotted a young, suspicious man visiting Alicia's, uh, Alicia at the hospital, he informed the police that they investigated. Uh, uh, he informed the police and they investigated. Police put together that Alicia had been having an affair with Daryl, but she denied it. Noticing that she seemed scared of him, police res uh, reassured her that she was protected and that giving the correct information was vital. Alicia then retracted her original statement and named Daryl Rogers as the shooter, not the two Hispanic men that she had mentioned in her earlier statement. What? Alicia mentioned that she tried to break up with Daryl, but he hadn't, but he didn't uh, take the news very well and came to her hospital room threatening to kill her. If she told anyone he was the shooter. Uh, with, with identification and motive charges were filed for Daryl Rogers. And he was, he was apprehended on May 8th, 2005. But in a shocking twist, Alicia's attorney said that Alicia could not identify Daryl as the shooter and that her original statement about the shooters being two Hispanic men was indeed the truth. Mm. Because of this, police could not keep Rogers and he was released. During this time, Alicia had collected nearly $400,000 in life insurance money mm. and had apparently moved in with Rogers, making big purchases like vehicles and furniture. And he got $400,000. I'm not going to get into it again, man, but we, I mean, I know Easy. people personally who leased Benzes with the, with the stimulus checks, you know, not to go into that again. People need it out here. I see people struggling, but there were some people who were just frivolous with that money. So I, I already know personal family members of mine, what they would do if they had $400,000 out of the blue. That's even crazy. a dude, we won't even speak personally and won't get into the reasons of why he obtained, uh, you know, five figures worth of money, a nice sum of money when you're young, you know, in your teens, early 20s. Mm -hmm. And how he blew that money, photo shoots and, 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 and buying people things to make them like him and things like that. You know, like people blow through, blow through money for all kinds of reasons. A lot of them being vanity. Yeah. You know, he was paying you to be his like taxi driver person, yeah. delivering him women. Whoa. What? No, that's no. No what? That's not how that went. That's not how that went? No, it was not how. Tell me how it went, friend. What do you mean tell you how it went? I, I was giving him a ride. I wasn't delivering him women. Nah. I was That's how you put it. No. Nah, you were delivering him women. Because you were. No, I was not. You didn't pick up? You weren't You weren't pre-Uber? <laughs> yeah, but I wasn't. Were, but no, he wasn't, wasn't in the car yes, sometimes. Yes, he was. I never did that. I've Fam, never done that. I was with you one time when you dropped a girl off at his house. And he wasn't in the car? He was not in the car. That's not. That's false. Fam. That's false. Don't lie on this podcast. I wouldn't lie on this don't podcast. Lie. That's why I'm telling don't, the truth. Don't lie on this you podcast. were pre Uber. You were Fruber. No, I was. I never done that. You were Fruber. I've never done that. You did do it. I was there. I never done that. Okay, I'll continue. But you did do it. <laughs> nah, I have never. Nah, man. You, tell me what I did. Because I was there. I've never done that. I was driving. How you gonna tell me what, who I picked up and you who I driving. dropped off? You dropped the girl off. She had on like a gold shirt. He you was with us. No, he was not. He was with us. He was in the house. He came out and gave you money in your hand, and we left. Maybe that is how. Okay, well, I know, man. I know. I, I, I know. <laughs> I have a great memory. You were Fruber, bro. It's cool. What's that? Fran Uber. <laughs> uh, uh, nearly three years passed without any developments in the case.
Then, according to the show, Killer Couples, a friend of Daryl came forward to, uh, to police claiming he had been asked by both Daryl and Alicia to be a getaway driver in an attack. Mm. It turns out that the night of the shooting was actually pl a planned hit. Alicia did, in fact, have sex with Jeremy. Did she get paralyzed? Oh, let me get into that. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me get into that. Alicia did, in fact, have sex with Jeremy that night to calm him down after an argument. After which, she called Daryl to inform him that they were on their way. Okay. Alicia actually rolled Jeremy's window down so the bullets wouldn't damage the car window. Wow. After Daryl... Huh? How'd she do that? She was driving. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, also, she gave him a ride. That's yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah, because yeah, okay. his headlight was out, which yeah, I'm sure yeah. she she just said some shit like, "No, baby, let me." Or oh, busted it, maybe or something like that. Yeah, or she yeah <laughs> pulled the spark plug out of it and just was like, "Your lights out, all right? I'll give you a ride." Savage. It was calculated in some Savage. ways, but also yeah. foolish in some other ways, which I'll get into right now. Um, and so, like I said, she rolled the window down so the bullets wouldn't damage the window of the car. Okay, so this was a whole life insurance scheme. Mm -hmm. Now, was the was she supposed to get more money than four hundred thousand dollars? Was there mm, no? That was it. More money than four hundred thousand wow. dollars. I thought it was like I don't know. That's maybe they had money, like man. they had like yeah, but maybe they had like he's he had like a you know um life insurance is higher than that, but no. only the circumstances or whatever. She no. got four hundred thousand dollars. I'm surprised it's four hundred thousand dollars. Okay, some people okay. get like fifty. He, he, that's a that's a pretty good insurance life insurance okay. policy. Four hundred thousand dollars, pretty good life insurance policy. That's not that's not worth me getting. Probably. Going through all this, yes, you don't know the life that they were living. First of all, Daryl is, is is a street hustler, sure, you know, with the street yeah. hustler swag, all and right. he probably got into her ear a little bit. You know, why are you still with this clown? He's a clown, you know, you need to come live this real life, whatever kind of thing he said to her, yeah, you know. And so, like I said, shut the window, Savage. oh, very much so. Uh, the plan was for Daryl to shoot Alicia in the leg to make the scene look like a robbery. But he overestimated his accuracy and his accuracy and shot her in the lower back. Mm. When brought in and questioned by police, Daryl Rogers said that Alicia had planned the whole hit all along, but he would not confess to pulling the trigger. Mm. As for Jeremy's family, they believed that Alicia was guilty from the start. Specifically, his uncle. His uncle had been in his ear the whole time, telling him it was suspicious. She's always out. I think I saw him mm. with a dude before, and then he was the person who actually saw. Daryl Rogers going and visiting Alicia at the hospital after she got paralyzed, which also. Oh, that let, was him. Okay. Yeah. Also, let's just really break down what I just said. This dude, Daryl Rogers, paralyzes this woman. Yeah. She then protects him yeah. out of the gates with some story about two Hispanic men. Changes the story when they get into her ear because they're like, he just came into this hospital and threatened to kill you if you ratted him out. And she's like, okay, that's true. I'll, I'll come, I'll be, um, I'll, um, testify against him. He then, you know, baby, baby her, you know, come on now. Why would you do that to me, girl? I love you. And then she flips again, says her original thing about the two Hispanic men was the truth. And so they let him out. Then they move in together. Yeah. She's now paralyzed. Yep. So she's going through all kinds of therapies, learning how to, you know, deal with being a paraplegic now, you know, probably, you know, spending some of that money. She said they said something about buying vehicles. She probably bought a very nice decked out wheelchair of some kind. Just to stun off, you know, because you got to stun off in your own kind of ways. Yes. And, and 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 they they were like a power couple in the hood with four hundred thousand dollars. He shot her in her spine. Yeah. I don't understand. That's it was crazy. an accident. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't really refute that because it was it was an accident. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, the prosecution was worried that Alicia being paralyzed in an, in a, and in a wheelchair would make the jury sympathetic and thus unlikely to convict. Their worries, however, were laid to rest when, according to court records, Alicia Warrior was convicted by a jury of the premeditated first-degree murder of her husband and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Mm-hmm. She was sentenced to 50 years in prison. That's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Daryl Rogers pleaded guilty to his involvement. According to the Kansas City Star, he was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 20 years. Mm. Alicia is now serving her sentence at Topeka Correctional Facility. Um, I actually found a website where you, you know, they give her um, her prison number and you can mail her. You read it? Oh, no, thank you. Write her and all the kind of things. Uh, so she didn't get life because she didn't pull the trigger, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, um, okay. because of the whole conspiracy thing. It, mm. it was all. It was all she should con- get life too. If it's not life... Then sure. it, do, it doesn't seem the same. And I would imagine the whole becoming a paraplegic thing played a sympathetic role in some part in her sentencing. Come you know, on, it's you like can't that, make your judgment her life that. sentence is that, you know, she can't walk again and she has to go to prison. You know, those two things combined, you know, maybe were enough to the jurors and the judge. So that's how you would make your, that's how you would vote? I mean, 50 years is a long time. And then also she got shot It. it <clears throat> and the whole plan went sideways and she became paralyzed. So she deserves it. Deserves to be paralyzed? Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of. Okay. You know, I mean, um, you know, she it was her, her it was her whole idea yeah, and true. she got shot and he missed. So I have no I have no sympathy for her. Yeah. You know, but I could see a judge saying, you know, 50 years is a long time and you lost your legs. That seems like yeah. a a good balance of punishment to me 50 years no parole uh daryl daryl was busted he uh, he's doing life in prison with no parole for 20 years like i said and he was busted in 2016 for trafficking trafficking drugs while inside lansing correctional facility in kansas so it's good to see that that old you know prison reform is doing you know is really you know putting him on the right track well, he's a uh, what? What was the a street hustler with a street street hustler swagger? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Um, that was the story of Alicia and Jeremy Warrior. Just a little quick story I wanted to do. I thought that was yeah, pretty man. nuts. That um, just leave, man. You know, you know, money. It's, it's like the Chris Watts story. Money. Yeah, I guess. But there's also stories where it's not money. Sometimes people just don't want to be with somebody anymore, and they kill them to get rid of them for a like new be- a, for like a new a, beginning. Or in the beginning, yeah, yeah, same thing. I think it's the same thing. Yeah, but four hundred thousand dollars, I find beginning. that more logical. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like four hundred thousand dollars <laughs> with the new beginning is yeah. way different than like I just found this girl. She's the best. I thought I knew what love is. And then I met this girl, so I'm gonna go kill my kids and my. Well, wife. maybe it's like, well, I'm not asking for money. It's for the new beginning. That's his, his, his the selflessness. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want. I'm not looking for money. Yeah, I just don't want you around in my life anymore and have to deal with alimony and child support and stuff so i'm just gonna kill you just run away just run away just or just say just be a man shitty up, dad man. just be a shitty dad and leave just say like hey listen wake your wife up one day and say hey i'm a piece of shit and i'm leaving yeah and i know that that's fucked up but i know that's hard but that's best better for your family and your wife it's way better for your family than yes, and your wife killing, than killing them, them. Yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um but uh chris watts is a coward and a piece of shit and he couldn't do that and fuck yeah. him but he's still uh, after he killed himself no he's still Alive, as far as oh. I know. I mean, he's he's sitting in prison. I, oh, apparently, uh, that documentary came out on Netflix about I them. I haven't watched it. And um, it's called American Murder. It's it's. I wouldn't say it's good. It's really sad. But I've been really into the Chris Watts story for the last couple of years now. And yeah. And so I've kind of seen 
everything. I know the whole story. I, th- if you know about the Chris Watts story, you don't really see anything new. Okay. But if you don't know all the full details, like like probably at least once a week, I watch the um. There's like body cam footage and um, interrogation room footage of him that I just watch because um, I follow this guy. I can't remember his name right now, but he kind of talks over things and he's he studies psychology. So mm-hmm. he'd be like, right now you can see the way he's looking around the room when he, when the cop asked him that question. It's because he's looking for a lie to tell. And this, that, and he's like breaking down where the parts are in the footage where he's telling lies. He's a I don't think he's a professor. I just think he's a dude that's into psychology. You know, maybe he's like a psychology minor. Might be a psychology major, but he uses it for YouTube channels. I know it's true though. What do you mean? I know he's that he actually knows what he's talking about. Well, I mean, he's studying the body language. So, I mean, he could be wrong, I guess. But if you look at the body language and once he says what he says, it makes sense. You know, it's like. Does it? Yeah. If somebody looks off to the corner every time they are telling you something and they go, yeah, that's an indication that somebody's lying. Then if they tell you that while you're watching and then you watch and then every time the person says something, they go boom, boom. And you know that he's convicted of murder. You're like, oh, so he was probably lying right there. And now he's looking off to the side. So um, that uh, that is um, where I got my information about the Chris Watts story. And then watching the documentary, like I said, you don't really learn anything new. Yeah. So can you tell somebody's lying? Can I tell when somebody's lying? Yeah. I mean, I can tell some things about what people do when they're lying, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, people looking off to the side, like I said, people being fidgety. Um, too much detail is also a sign of people lying. Um, but I'm not like an expert or anything like that. But I just pick up on those kind of things from watching YouTube videos of people being interrogated in the um, interrogation room. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that was my quick little affirmative murder this week. And uh, I just thought, you know a love triangle thing would be interesting to do. And uh, the story really uh, caught my attention. I watched it on um, criminal affairs. It's on, okay. it's a show on yeah. Netflix. And I watched that one. I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do this one. Yeah. So yeah, that was my affirmative murder. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it's Fran's turn to tell you some fucked up shit. So stick around. Welcome back. Um, it's my turn to do my affirmative murder this week. So my affirmative murder this week is about the killing of, Tim McLean. Mm-hmm. Um, this is. A, I'm sure if you, if you listen to this podcast, I'm sure you you've heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Very popular story. Um, that was in Canada. Um, Tim McLean, who was killed by a uh, a Chinese man named Vincent Lee, who was a Canadian immigrant. So we go. So the incident took place near Portage La La Prière. Manitoba during the trip from Edmonton to McLean's hometown, Winnipeg. At 12.01 p.m. on July 30th, 2008, Tim McLean, a carnival barker, was returning home to Manitoba after working at a fair in Alberta. He departed Edmonton on board Greyhound Bus 1170 to Winnipeg via the Yellowhead Highway through Saskatchewan. 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 Um, So he sat in the rear row. Um, ahead of the toilet. At 6.55 p.m., the bus departed from the stop in Erickson, Manitoba, with a new passenger, Vincent Vince Lee. Lee described as a tall man in his 40s with a shaved head and sunglasses, originally sat near the front of the bus, but moved to sit next to McLean following a scheduled rest stop. At Which, the back of the bus? At the All the way at the back of the bus. Got it. Go from the front all the way to the back. Side note, man, it's, it's also funny, man how much stuff black people make cool because in the back of the sitting bus. in the back of the bus was a punishment. Yeah. And then as time went on, you know, all the cool kids coming in with the boom boxes the and everything, they sit in the back of the bus. So now sitting in the back of the bus has become 
the cool thing to do. Yeah. But it was initially a punishment. Yeah. Same thing with soul food. So you get all the worst parts of the pig, all the worst things. But if you put that shit in some grease and some salt and some whatever, yeah. some spices and whatever, it's delicious. It's delicious, man. Yep. You just kind of you just kind of make something out of nothing, you know? Yeah. Just a little side note. Yeah, but um now if it was more if it was other open seats. Mm-hmm. On the bus. It could have just been anybody's fate. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's like, why are you sitting next to me? You know what I mean? It's like oh, you got all these open seats, but yeah, you come oh, all the way I, to yeah, I know. it's like yeah, well, it had to be somebody. But I always feel that way. Yeah. Like, well, well, I, I just pretend to be asleep. Yeah. Well, this is what this guy I what was doing or was trying to do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he originally sat in the front of the bus, but moved to sit next to McLean following a scheduled rest stop. So McLean barely acknowledged Lee, then fell asleep against the window pane with headphones covering his ears. Now, in this situation, mm-hmm. one headphone is up. Sure. And I'll just, I'll just fall asleep that way. Sure. Not, <laughs> I don't, I can't trust, especially if I don't know this person, I just can't put both my headphones on, sunglasses on and just KO. Oh, I guess call me a fool, man. Cause I always just assume that somebody wants to have a conversation rather than they're going to do something to me. So I'll go full headphones and I'm close my eyes and pretend to be, even if I'm not actually asleep, I will pretend. I just to need to be, I need to be aware. You got to be alert aware a little bit. I do that in other situations, but any plane bus, I don't really, I haven't really been on a bus in a while, but like yeah. in a plane specifically, I guess the rules are different on a plane. plane. I guess a bus, you can sneak a weapon on. A plane, technically, you can sneak a weapon on, I guess, but you're not expecting anybody on a plane to have a weapon. Yeah, a plane, I go to sleep anyway. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not waking up to the flight is to the flight till we land. Yeah, I, you know, I, I first, you know, for other reasons, my, but you know, my flight recommendations. One, if you already are a middle-aged white woman, you already got this covered. But I will contact one of my middle-aged white women friends, ask for a zanny, uh, p- uh, tuck that away into something that's on me, like a napkin, or put it in my wallet or something like that. Yeah. I get on that flight. You know, I, um, I, you know, if I'm if I'm flying in in, in business class, I ask you know, give me some champagne. If I'm not, I buy a bottle of water from the little thing, some of the little stores on the way. Mm-hmm. Probably right when they say, you know, uh, buckle up and all that kind of stuff. Yump, take that zanny down, yeah. <laughs> and uh, probably about 15, 20 minutes into that, I'm out. I wake up. It's probably about an hour left in the flight. Yeah. Then put on whatever music, or much TV shows, or whatever. What? So I think that's still too much time for me. Hour left? Yeah. On a five-hour flight? <laughs> Shit. That's, 80, that's 80% of the flight. I, I can't expect the Zanny to do the whole work. <laughs> I, do. I don't want it to do too much work. Then they got to wake me up because we landed and I'm the only person left on the plane when I wake up. Yeah, then, I look, then I look like a fiend. Yeah. I look crazy. They might call security on me. Yeah. I like to I kick in right when there's a little bit of flight left. That's because you don't like the descent. Ah, oh, man. I need to. You don't want to be that awake plane, when the, that land, plane go, the landing. That, or if that plane go down, I won't be up. Hour left, man. Still go down. But I'm saying it, it could have gone down while you were asleep. I'd rather be asleep if it's going down. That's what I'm saying. That's my point. Touche. <laughs> if, if that plane going down, man, Z- I'm out. The Zanny can only do something. I'm already hard. out. <laughs> I'm already out. Everybody gonna be panicked. I'm gonna be gone. You're just gonna go to sleep. I'm already knocked out. Is what oh, I'm saying. Okay, I thought you were saying like you just will go to sleep if if the plane started going down. Oh, impossible. that's not possible, yeah. man. <laughs> oh my God, we're dying! He's like, I'm going Fuck to sleep. This. <laughs> Tuck yourself in. Zip your neck. Zip your hoodie up. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. <laughs> See y'all in heaven. Just go to sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah. So according to witnesses, McLean was uh, sleeping with his headphones on when the man sitting next to him suddenly produced a large knife mm. and began stabbing McLean in the neck mm. and chest. Yep. After the attack began, the bus driver pulled to the side of the road 
and he and all the other passengers fled the vehicle. The driver and two other men made an attempt to rescue McLean, but were chased away by Lee, mm-hmm. who slashed at them from behind the locked bus doors. Mm. Lee ultimately decapitated McLean and displayed his severed head and those to those standing outside of the bus, yep. which is nuts. Insane. That he, is he nuts. Was, he was on that bus while, and I can't even imagine what it was like to be on the outside of the bus and it's just blood spitting the window and all that. You know. Now, was it a Greyhound buses don't have a like the, the little um, exit to the to the top? Do they like? I they feel like all buses? buses probably have that. They do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd have been crazy if he got on top of that and was just oh, like, and just was yelling and yeah. shit on top of. Oh, it would have been nuts. But what he did was equally as nuts as that, though. Yeah, so he decapitated, decapitated Lee and um, severed his head and those standing, showing them, showing to the people standing outside the bus, then returned to McLean's body and began severing other parts and consuming some of McLean's flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he did that and then was like, you know, go back, take a bite, and then proceeded to just eat this man. Yeah, yeah, big time. It was um, savage. Yeah, but that's just some, like, some shit that he just like fucking snapped like. yeah. Like I've heard, I've heard but some, what if yeah. what if the bus didn't make this rest stop? I mean, like, what was he already sitting next to somebody before this rest stop, or has he done this before? Something, or? something could have triggered him. Something that's saw. that's wild, man. Might have been the plan the whole time. I don't know. But that's what I mean, though. Yeah, I don't know. It might have been. It might have been that it was always intended for him to do it to that dude personally. I don't know. Yeah, anything like that, I always I try not to think about too much because yeah, yeah. it, it will really mess with me when I'm out in public. Oh yeah, it's for just sure. like oh, it could just go down. Yeah, any, any anywhere. Somebody walked past me, you know, I'm I'm looking at him. What what the fuck is he oh, doing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so at 8 30 p.m., the Royal Canadian Police um in, in Portage La Prière received a report of a stabbing on a Greyhound bus west of the city. They arrived to find the suspect still on board the bus, being prevented from escaping by another passenger, um, the bus driver and the truck driver who who had provided a crowbar and a hammer as weapons. Mm. Still has a knife and it's fucking crazy. I don't think that's gonna do that. The other passengers I were. I mean, he kept him in there long enough, or you know, he was yeah, distracted true. by whatever he was doing. But it, 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 it kept him in there. I mean, he had a whole body to to chew on. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so the other passengers were huddled at a roadside at the roadside. Some of them crying and vomiting, mm. as the suspect had earlier attempted to escape by driving the by driving the bus away. The driver had an and um had engaged the emergency immobilizer system. Oh damn. Um. So the witness had observed the suspect stabbing and cutting McLean's body and carrying McLean's severed head. Jesus. By 9 p.m., police were in a standoff with the suspect and had summoned special um, negotiators and heavily armed tactical unit. The suspect alternately paced the length of the bus and defiled the corpse. Mm. Uh, Police officers then observed Lee eating parts of the body. Mm. Meanwhile, the stranded passenger was transported from the scene to be interviewed at the the Brandon uh, Police Department detachment. Uh, the police officers reported heard Lee say, I have to stay on the bus forever. On July 31st, 2008, at one thirty a.m., the suspect attempted to escape from the bus by breaking through a window. The police arrested Lee soon afterward. He was shot with a taser twice, handcuffed and placed in the back of the police cruiser. Parts of the victim's body placed in a plastic bags were retrieved from the bus while his ear and nose and tongue were found in Lee's pocket. Oh, Jesus. The victim's eyes and part of his heart were never recovered and are presumed to have been eaten by Lee. Mm. His eyes and his heart, bro. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
At 10 o'clock a.m., the Greyhound representatives took the p- other passengers to a local store to replace their clothes, with remain- which remained on the bus. They arrived in Winnipeg at 3.30 p.m. that day to be reunited with family members and friends. What a fucking crazy-ass day, man. I'm never going on a trip again. I'm never riding a bus. Oh, ever yeah. Again. Jeez. So just a little information about Tim McLean. Timothy Richard McLean Jr. was born on October 3rd, 1985 in British Columbia, Canada. He grew up both in Winnipeg and Ellie um, in Manitoba. And he was 22 years old when he was killed on July 30th, 2008. At the time of his death, McLean had been working as a carnival marketer, which is a carny. Mm-hmm. Vincent Lee, commonly known as Vince Lee, was born in Dangdong, Liaoning, China on April 30th, 1968. In 1992, Lee graduated from Wuhan Institution of Technology with a bachelor's of science degree, bachelor's of science degree in computers. From 1994 to 1998, Lee worked in Beijing as a computer software engineer. I mean, this dude was intelligent. Mm-hmm. Lee immigrated to Canada from China on June 11, 2001, um, though some newspapers mistakenly reported in 2004, and became a Canadian citizen on November 7, 2006. The psychiatrist Stanley Yarn, who learned, who later examined Lee, said Lee was hospitalized in 2003 or 2004 after an incident in Ontario. Uh, with the Ontario um, police. Mm. He worked in Winnipeg as a, a manual at manual jobs and Grant Memorial Memorial Church for six months to support his wife, Anna. Pastor Tom Castle, who employed Lee, said he seemed happy to have a job and was committed to doing it well, despite a language barrier with other congregation members. I think he would occasionally feel frustrated with not being able to communicate or understand, mm. Castor told CTV Winnipeg, but we have but we had very patient staff members and, and he seemed to respond well. Castor also said Lee did not show any signs of anger issues or any other trouble before he quit in the spring of 2005. He worked as a forklift operator in Winnipeg while his wife worked as a waitress. Lee first moved to Edmonton in 2006, abruptly leaving his wife alone in Winnipeg until she joined him later. His jobs included services, service at a Walmart and a fast food restaurant and newspaper delivery. As a newspaper delivery guy. Mm-hmm. His delivery business, his delivery boss, Vincent Yogurt, described Lee as a reliable, hardworking, and not showing any signs of trouble. So he went back to his, some of his history and was like, I mean, this dude was this dude was fine. I mean. Yeah, but I think that, I mean, I really feel for his immigrant story up until the part where he fucking severs a dude's head. Yeah. Because it sounds like he was a very intelligent person, but in the process of immigrating and coming to another country where your qualifications might not translate and you know you you can't just I, I think the office cover you know they they covered that in like a funny way on an episode they had um one somebody that worked in the office his name was like Hadiki or something like that he was he was an asian guy and he kept telling the story about how you know he was a, sur- a heart surgeon in in Japan yeah. right but nobody really really listened to him cuz he kind of had an accent and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he has this whole story about how he was a heart surgeon in Japan, but then he killed somebody that was in the triad because he was a, that was, it was a bad guy. And mm-hmm. then he had to leave the country. Oh, it's shit. like, well, if you're a doctor here, you can't just go anywhere and they might, it might not translate. It's like, yeah. Oh, you're a, you're, you can't just be a doctor here. Cause you were a doctor there, you know? So it sounds like this dude was very intelligent in his homeland. And then, but he wanted to get out of there and then he had to come over here and it's like, okay, well you work at Walmart now. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you know about computers and stuff. You don't have the qualifications. We don't respect your qualifications. So I'm sure that's pretty fucking stressful because with his qualifications, he should be having a pretty decent job. Yeah. But those qualifications don't matter here. So you come here and they're like, well, I understand that, you know, those things, but you need to go to like a school here and get some kind of paperwork from here. 
to yeah. say that you can do those things yeah. before we let you just do those things. So now he's fucking taking night classes and working at churches and shit. Yeah. That's stressful. Just these little small jobs not making a lot of money. Yeah, he a, you know. A wife and You came support. here to follow some kind of dream, you know, and yeah. it didn't really go that way. Now, that doesn't mean you go and fucking snap and... For I don't sure. think he had any control over his snap, but I'm just saying yeah. he snapped, you know. I'm sure there was a lot of stress on him. So four weeks before the killing, he was fired from Walmart following a disagreement with other employees. Shortly before the incident, Lee asked for time off from his delivery job to go to Winnipeg for a job interview. Mm-hmm. So on July 29, 2008, at 12, um, 12.05 p.m. on July 28th in Edmonton, Lee boarded a Greyhound bus bound for Winnipeg. On uh, July 29th, around 6 p.m., Lee got off the bus in Erickson, Manitoba, with at least three pieces of luggage and stayed the night on a bench next to the grocery store. Mm. According to one witness, he was seen at 3 a.m. sitting bolt upright with his eyes wide open. Sounds creepy as fuck. Yeah. On the morning of July 30th, still at the still at the bench, he sold his new laptop computer to a 15-year-old boy for 60 bucks. Um. The laptop was seized by the police as evidence, and the boy was subsequently given a new laptop for his honesty by an anonymous um, businessman. Witness Garnett Canton said the attacker seemed oblivious to others when the stabbing occurred, adding he was struck by Lee's calm demeanor. There was no rage or anything. He was like a robot stabbing the guy, he said. Mm-hmm. When, he ha- when he appeared in a Portage La Prière courthouse on charges of second-degree murder, the only words Lee reported Lee reportedly uttered were pleas for someone to kill him. Mm. Uh, so Lee's trial commenced on March 3rd, 2009 with Lee pleading not criminally responsible on account of mental disorder, which is also insanity, insanity defense. This means he accepted the offense occurred, but claimed that he was unable to form a necessary mental element. Um, I guess that means he just, he couldn't control what he was doing, I'm guessing. Is that what that means? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so the psychiatrist said that Lee performed the attack because God's voice told him McLean was a force of evil and was about to execute him. Okay. Um, I don't know what to say on that. There's um, nothing to say. I mean, just to be on a bus and, and you hear a voice that go, yeah, that, that dude over there. He's the devil. He might, he might kill you. Say, whoop. Gotta do it first. Again, these are things that I just can't even put my um, brain into the that space. Yeah. So, like, even make a hypothetical of, like, well, what would you do if God told you that that person was evil? Would you cut him up and eat him? I was like, I, look, man, I don't. my brain doesn't work that way, so I can't even play this game. Right. The presiding judge, John um, Scurfield, accepted the diagnosis and ruled that Lee was not criminally responsible for the killing. Lee was remanded um, to the Selkirk Mental Health Center. The following week, I mean, the week following the attack, Greyhound Canada announced it was pulling series, pulling a series of nationwide advertisements, which included this slogan. There's a reason you've never heard of a bus rage. Um, the incident has led to numerous calls and petitions demanding increased security on all buses. After the incident, people from the ethical treatment of animals attempted to run an ad in the Portage Daily Graphic comparing the killing of McLean to the comp. The consumption of animals. The papers publisher refused to run the ad. The family of Tim McLean have bought have brought a lawsuit of 150,000 against Greyhound, the Attorney General of Canada, and Vince Lee. On June 3, 2010, Lee granted supervised outdoor walks within his mental health facility as voted by the 
by the review board. On February 16, 2003, two passengers, Deborah Tucker of of Port um, Calburn, Ontario, and Kylie Shaw of London, Ontario, filed a lawsuit against Lee and the Greyhound um, and the police and the government of, of Canada for being exposed to the, the beheading. They were each seeking $3 million in damages. That's more than the family asked for. <laughs> yeah. Um, on July 14, 2015, the two women dropped their lawsuit. So yeah, because that was a pretty foolish. They, they I mean, tried. listen, if you see some crazy it. shit like that, I, get it. I understand I get that it. you would feel like I'm fucked up, but you can't sue the whole of Canada for three million for more money she than the family. Everybody. Yeah, I mean, listen, we want three million apiece. Crazy, please. Um, on May 30th, 2003, the CBC reported that Lee was responding well to his psychiatric treatment and that his doctor had recommended that he receive more freedoms, mm-hmm. um, phased on phased in over several months. On May 17, 2012, the National Post reported that Lee had been granted temporary pass that would allow him out of the, Sir, the Selkirk Mental Health Center for visits to the town of Selkirk, supervised by a nurse and peace officer. What? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> In an interview, Lee spoke for the first time, saying that he began hearing the voice of God in 2004 and that he wanted to save people from an alien. What? This dude is out walking around? Yeah. Nuts. I think he's free now. Yeah, yeah. nuts. <laughs> on February 27, 2014, the CBC reported that on March 6, Lee would be allowed to have unsupervised visits to Selkirk starting at 30 minutes and expanded to full day trips. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> Since 2013, he had been allowed to have supervised visits to Lockport, Winnipeg, and nearby beaches. Those visits were then relaxed. This man beheaded somebody. Ate somebody. Yeah, man. I don't know how to feel. I mean, listen, I think that's completely fucked up, right? But <laughs> okay. reform, reform, prison is meant to reform people. Okay. Right? Now, I say some people can't be reformed, but if you're deemed not criminally responsible and it's some kind of, you had some kind of mental break, then I would assume this is an extreme, but let's say you, you know, got naked and jumped in a water fountain yeah. or you, you know, bust into somebody's house. There are lesser crimes that say, well, he had a, some kind of psychotic break. So we're going to send him somewhere to get his balance right mentally. And once he's put him on track to, be, to have a regular life. Yes. Now, that's the system working. As far as I know, I don't know anything about Canada law, but yeah. that's how you want your system to work. Yeah. That's what it's supposed this to do. This is an extreme, obviously, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So, but okay. Now, don't take this the wrong way. I want everybody to take this the wrong way. And let me know if you understand where I'm coming from with this. I will do so. And I'll so, let you know if I don't either. So this guy. Mm-hmm. Kill somebody sure. because he hears voices, right? Know? So he has he's having this mental mental issue. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go, okay, we got to put him in a mental health facility. Sure, they'll work with him. Um, to have these tests or whatever, mm-hmm. work with a psychiatrist to get him to get right. better. Mm-hmm. Now, over what, wh- however many years, he he can go back being out in the public now, like. Nothing is wrong now. He doesn't hear these voices anymore. Everything is well, fine. Well, when it got to no supervision, I mean, at first it was supervised. Still. So all of a sudden you don't hear voices anymore in your head? I mean, if he, let's say he has schizophrenia and they put him on medication. I mean, if he's taking his medication, he's not hearing voices anymore. I mean, is, the, is, the, is I believe, the, the theory there. And I assume they have a psychiatrist who's, you know, giving him analysis every day and giving him progress reports and updates and all that kind of stuff. Yes. People who hear things might take a certain kind of medication and get the balance right, and they might not hear those things anymore. Okay. 
Now, again, <laughs> I, I'm i saying this is a very extreme case, but let's yeah. just say somebody has schizophrenia and they, you know, walk out into traffic. If there's a certain balance of medication that they can take to make them stop hearing the things that they're hearing or stop seeing the things that they're seeing, that's possible. This is an extreme case, obviously. Yeah, I don't know if crazy. he should be out or be allowed to have these freedoms. But if you're deeming him not criminally responsible for the things that he's doing and it was because he had some kind of psychotic break and then you're giving him the proper medications and you're now seeing in front of you a person who was not capable of those things that he did that day anymore is what I'm assuming happened. Then I guess they had to say, you know, hey, man, look, that's not him anymore. We got him balanced. So we have to give him some kind of, you know, freedoms or Ability but he, to see the but he, world but he still remembers what he did though. I'm sure he does. And if but that's a, crazy. But a person in their right mind might that might haunt them every day. I, you know what I mean? Like he he wasn't in the right state of mind when he did that, and now he has to own that he did that on that day. That's not like. But I don't think that's like him smiling, like hmm, got away with it. I'm yeah, sure but like, but he's, and, not, he's not out of his mind anymore. But the interview didn't sound like he was he was saying that you know he wasn't in his right mind. He was just like, hey, I was told to do this, so I did it. That's what. That's how the interview sounded. I mean, look, I can't. I can't. I don't know. What yeah, I, can, I mean, I but can't. I can't, I can't speak for what he said, right? I mean, I don't. I don't really know. But I have to assume that the people there did their job as far as like being mental health specialists and deemed him to be capable of having these freedoms that they gave him. Now, what he said in the you know in the interview, or whatever. I don't. I didn't hear it. We're reading words. It might have. It might have been a long interview where he said, you know, he's feel sorry for what he did and all these kind of things. But at the time he really heard God. That might've been that part that you're reading might just be a, a fraction of the interview. You know, again, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying, if we're going to say somebody's not criminally responsible for something, then, you know, they should have just, they should have just found him guilty. Then I have no problem with them not giving him any freedoms. But if you say you weren't in your right mind, so we're going to go get you right. It's like, okay, well now you got him right. You kind of are in a position where you, might have to let him out. Mm. That's that kind of sounds like that's what happened. I guess. Um, so on July 17, 2014, the, the Toronto Sun reported that one of the first officers on the scene, Corporal Ken Barker, um, had committed suicide. The family stated that in his obituary that he was suffering from PTSD. Who's this? It was a police officer that arrived oh, on the scene. damn. Yeah. On February 27, 2015, the CBC... Well, that doesn't really mean that that's related to that case, though. I mean, like, you can have PTSD from other things of being a police officer. Well, maybe that was the icing on the cake. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. That feels weird that that's in there. But yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah, on February 27, 2015, CBC News reported that Lee was giving unsupervised day passes to visit Winnipeg. So as long as he carried a functioning cell phone um, while using using them. Mm Mm-hmm. On May 8, 2015, the CTV News reported that Lee would be granted passes to group homes in the community. And in February 2016, it was reported that Lee had legally changed his name and was seeking to leave his group home to live independently. He won the right to live alone on February, 20, on February 26 upon the recommendation of the Criminal Code Review Board. On February 10, 2017, the Manitoba Criminal Code Review Board, Review Board ordered Lee to be discharged he was granted an absolute discharge. There will be no legal obligations or restrictions pertaining to Lee's independent living. Um, so that's that. But I didn't. I just don't kind of like how that ended. I know if you put somebody treatment and if they've treated, then you have to let them go. 
get that, but he still beheaded a person and ate a person in front of other passengers that was on his bus. Now he's walking around. You see him at a grocery store. Like, hey, that's the guy that killed somebody. But can't do damn nothing about it. Yeah, you got no argument for me there, man. I I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, you know, if that's what they, if that's the sentence that they gave him, and they feel like he's now been his ship has been righted, and you know, for lack of a better word, then you you can't keep holding him responsible for that thing that he did because you said that he wasn't criminally responsible for what he did, and now you got his medication yeah. right, and now he's just a normal guy. That's a bummer. That's fucked up. Yeah. Um, eh. I mean, rest in peace to that guy. I mean, it's really sad that he, you know, he was killed but for no reason. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But you know, that's the that's the that's the sentence that they handed down. So I mean, that's what they, they that's what they decided to do with it. I think that um, in lesser cases, as I like I said, is you know, obviously this is an extreme case. But if somebody had some kind of psychotic break and you know hit a person, you know, got an assault charge or something like that. I think there should be a path to them being free and them getting the help that they need. This is such an extreme case that, you know, it makes the argument sound a little nuts because you go like, but he ate him. It's like, okay, I understand that. But something was wrong with him. Apparently he thought he heard God. That's his whole defense. So clearly something was wrong with him. And once they got him right in, in a sense, they thought he was okay to go. Could have been um, a lie. It could have all been a lie. Absolutely. I don't really know. But yeah, no, I'm I'm familiar with that story. It's a good one. What we're gonna do is we're gonna get into these good vibes so we can get out of here. It's late and uh yeah. Good, 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 good We're back with the good vibe segment. It's my turn to go first. Um, so my good vibe this week is when a stressed out mom rolled up to a McDonald's drive through to purchase a meal for her children, she realized that she realized that while making her order, she left her purse at home, but the teenage server at the window didn't send her away. Wyatt Jones said he'd happily pay for the meal. Mm. It's a good man right there. It's a good man. For sure. I'm working at McDonald's. I'm already not making that much. Oh. I don't know about that one. Brittany Red was I also more, probably would have just gave them the food for free, but maybe it was too late. He already started calculating. You mean give it to free? We don't. You mean just giving food away? I ain't got free food all the time from friends I know that work at fast food places. So it's it's done. I mean, all right. Well, you lose your job. Is it worth it? I mean, I think he could get another job at another McDonald's. I mean, no, hey man, don't 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 shit on the job like that. No, shit, I'm just saying. I appreciate the good deed that he did, but you know he could have saved his money and just gave them a couple of McDoubles on the side. I, I would probably could have fire, man. Touche. Hard times, economy's hard right now. You don't yeah. want to lose your job. Gotcha. Right. Brittany Red was more than grateful. It had already been a long day of soccer practice with a four and seven year old. Later that night, person told, sorry, excuse me, Brittany drove back to the McDonald's to give Wyatt his money back. It's mm. a good woman right that's there. That's where the, that, yes, that's but, very, yes. But uh, Waynesville, Ohio local insisted that the meal was on him. Mm. Brittany wrote in a Facebook post. I just want his parents to know how kind and compassionate your son was tonight. He made this stressed out mama pause for a moment and realize this is exact, this is exactly what we parents are trying to do. Raise great humans. She explained. Wyatt, do not let this world change your kind heart, young man, for it's people like you that will change the world for the better. Wyatt has shown Brittany such kindness. How how to thank him even more. On hearing, on hearing that he was saving up to buy a car, Brittany began a GoFundMe campaign on his behalf. Oh yeah, here we go. As a 
as of October 1st, she raised nearly 32000 for him. How's that for gratuity? <laughs> now, go find me as well. $32,000. You could have did 10, 15, nice used car, teenage kid. Yeah. 32? That's a brand new car. Anywhere in there is a brand new car. That's you, a brand yeah, new. you can get a, that's brand a brand new Honda Civic that's a brand paid new car. off. I didn't have, I didn't have that as a teenager. I didn't yeah, have. You get a brand new Chevy Camaro. Now, so many of these stories, man. Paid off. These GoFundMe's turn out to be fibs and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. Shout out to Wyatt. I don't know if. Uh, that's the thing. That's the funny thing about GoFundMe. Like, once these things go viral, because it's like, listen, I've bought people McDonald's before. I don't know if going, no, 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 keep your $5. It's on me. Is a, a deed kind enough to warrant you $32,000? Yeah. But what I will say is, Kendrick Lamar has a really interesting song. Uh, it's, uh, it's called uh, A Dollar. Mm-hmm. And the whole rap is, he, you know, this homeless man, he's going and he pull, Kendrick Lamar pulls up in his bins. He's going to go get something out of the corner store. And the homeless man outside asks him for a dollar. Yeah. And he says, no, man, I work hard for everything that I got. I do yeah. this, that, and the third. You can't have my money. Why are you? So you can go spend this on alcohol, da 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 That homeless man turned out to be God. Mm. So it, the thing about a blessing is you just do the deeds you know, you don't do them expecting amazing things to happen. Yeah. And you never know. You might end up with $32,000. Now, for me, these GoFundMe stories happen way more often than a blessing. It just is like, oh, my God, this did you see this boy? He like he doesn't have a, 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 the, the, the rim on his bike is bent. And it's like, here's $50,000. Yeah. You get a new bike and your whole family can have new bikes and all this kind of stuff. If you put the story right, you turn a small problem into a life-changing situation for people. And sometimes those things are lies. Now, I'm not saying this is a lie. I'm just saying, yeah, you covered somebody's McDonald's food. That's great. $32,000 is nuts. I say we start with, man. For what, though? Put a nice little story together. You're 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 speaking on a microphone about lying to steal money from I didn't say I would. Lying by what? <laughs> what, are we, what, are we, what are we doing GoFundMe for? Just say, look, we trying to do some research on something, and we need a dollar. From a dollar from that's our life. patreon <laughs> we, we have a patreon <laughs> yeah but we doing research on some very specific details i can't i can't get into right now oh okay but, but just, if we get to the goal then you'll find out the information yeah but that's a just, ponzi scheme we just we just need a dollar if we get a dollar from a hundred thousand people uh-huh. hey man i don't agree to this and with these mics alive and because you're speaking about scams and I'm that's not, not a scam asking somebody for a dollar for something that i can't tell you about until we get to the goal or we just say research to say i don't have a reason i just want a dollar and then <laughs> just send it out you don't you don't nah, think people will be like i'll nah, give them a dollar you don't nah. think so you know something i think that it could happen but yes. people would be very angry if it's like so now you have a hundred thousand dollars. Why did you need it? But you just gave. I just but asked. you gave me a dollar though. I, you, I didn't ask you for five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred dollars. I asked you for one dollar. You uh-huh. can go in your couch and get four quarters and like I'm gonna send that dollar to him. You get a hundred thousand people to do that, but for nothing. Just just cause. Just cause. Just cause I won a dollar. Hey man. Good luck. My name won't be on that. Why not? But you can have all the money. But why not? Because I don't want the bad press that comes with taking money. Asking for a dollar. So you telling me you never asked nobody for a dollar? I've never asked a hundred thousand people for a dollar. But you asked one person, they shared that. that sure, has if I need a dollar, hey man, I'm trying to get a soda. There's a reason. There's a reason. Okay, we do that. I want a soda. Yeah, we just buy a hundred thousand sodas. Yeah, <laughs> but not really. 
That's the scam. <laughs> you see the not really part? You see how you do the not really part? That's the scam. <laughs> but we still buying sodas, though. Yeah, one or two not sodas. We're buying $100 sodas. <laughs> My good vibe story, man, is listen, there's a lot of crazy times going on. You know, there's a lot of GoFundMe's and things like that going around. People trying to find a way to make things happen. But just it's just times like that. So I just want to try to give out as many tools as I can to people to try to, you know, navigate through these crazy times. And I found a an assortment of um, ways to uh, deal with these eviction notices and things that are ha happening for people. So um, I found a nice little article about that. So I'll get into that. So millions of Americans are being impacted by the economic downturn this year with many facing eviction. To ease the strain, the Trump administration issued an executive order on September 4th that bans evictions due to non-payment through the end of the year. This order applies to individuals who have, person, who have personal income taxes less than $99,000 or to those who did not need to pay income taxes in 2019, or those who received a stimulus check and are unable to pay rent due to income, income loss or extraordinary out-of-pocket medical expenses. To be eligible for the eviction pro uh, protection, you would be required to submit the land to the landlord or property manager this declaration attesting it's a, it's an it's a hyperlink. So the declaration attesting under oath to your inability to pay. But there may be other hurdles that renters are faced with if they cannot pay their rent this year. If you need help or advice, there are groups and lawyers who will assist you. Tenants who need and uh, who tenants who need help understanding the new moratorium filling out their declaration form or have questions about eligibility can contact the COVID-19 eviction defense project, which provides leak uh, free legal aid to tenants by uh, pairing volunteer attorneys with tenants facing eviction and other housing issues related to COVID-19 hardship. Uh, Wells Fargo as part of its $175 million commitment to COVID relief is donating 5.4, a $5.4 million grant, uh, to 15 legal assistance organizations that are uh, uh, working to keep people housed through pro bono services and advocacy, advocacy efforts for renters. And winter's right around the corner. It's already starting to get cold. So, you know, if these are things that sound like something you might need or you know a person who might need these things, get on it immediately because you never, you know, all of a sudden it's 10 degrees outside. Uh, a first of its kind initiative from Wells Fargo Foundation the grants will enable the following organizations to provide more free or low cost legal counseling and uh, attorney representation to people at risk of eviction. Uh, we got the National Housing Law Project uh, in Alabama. We got the Volunteer Lawyers of Birmingham in California. We got Bay Area Legal Aid in Colorado. We got Legal Service. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Colorado Legal Services is the name of the one in Colorado. Uh, in Florida, we got the Greater Miami Legal Services. In Georgia, we got the Atlanta Legal Aid Society. Illinois, we have a Lawyers Committee for Better Housing in Chicago. In Louisiana, we have the Southeast Louisiana Legal Services. In Maryland, we have Pro Bono Resources Center of Maryland. Uh, in Minnesota, we have the Mid-Minnesota Legal Aid. In Missouri, we have Legal Services of Eastern Missouri. In North Carolina, we have North Carolina Legal Aid of North Carolina. Uh, Pennsylvania, we got the Community, Community Legal Services in Philadelphia. In Texas, we have the Texas Rio Grande Legal Services. And in Virginia, we have Housing Opportunities Made Equal in Richmond. Um, obviously, there's a ton of other, you know, cities and states and, you know, that need assistance that might not have been on this list. But that's just a couple of places that I was able to find. And I wanted to um, get those resources out to people who might need them. 
it's wild times and you know uh you know i'm praying for the best for everybody out there and you know i hope everybody you know gets everything sorted out 2020 has been a wild year but you know we just got to keep on pushing man uh friend you got anything else you want to add or no go, go for me coming soon Go for me coming soon. Friends, friends, go for me coming soon. No, me and Alvis go for me coming soon. No, no, friends, go for me coming soon. 100,000 sodas. Fran, just Fran. Yeah. Uh, just Fran and Alvis. No. I've been out. You have to do it, man. No, I don't have to do anything. We are in partnership. (laughs) You have to do it. I've been having Williams. You are doing it. I've been having Williams, and I will not be having a GoFundMe. Fran and Alvin. That's Francel, and he will be doing his thing. He's going to do 100,000 sodas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> See you guys next week. Peace. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.